From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Thanks for inviting me into your home, your pickup truck, your long-haul truck, your earbuds, the space between your ears. Get on up to the uh, website, richardserrett.com. You'll find a, a number of interesting stories posted in the highlight carousel atop the page uh, by Albert the Intern. Uh, among them is a, a story about the release of documents. Uh, these documents were released by the police department in the West Midlands, which is in the United Kingdom. And uh, the documents were released under Britain's version of uh, FOIA, the Freedom of Information Act. They call it something different over there, I suppose. But anyway, the, the, the West Midlands Police Department, I guess in the interests of transparency, has received, it says, 23 alien-related reports during the past four years. Now, how these numbers compare to police departments in other parts of the world is unknown, but it seems like a lot, uh, considering that these aren't simple calls about strange lights in the sky. No, it's, it goes much further. Listen to this. Two calls, again, to the West Midlands Police in the United Kingdom, two of the 23 calls over the last four years were from people who were either being attacked by aliens or, re- or were reporting an alien home invasion. Three of the calls were from people seeking police assistance because extraterrestrials were allegedly in the process of abducting them or coming to abduct them. Four calls were from people who reported that they were either talking to aliens or hearing aliens talking to them. The remaining 14 calls were a little more run-of-the-mill, people reporting they had seen extraterrestrials in West Midlands. You'll uh, also find a report published, uh, you'll find that report, rather, published by Space.com. Now, the other story I wanted to draw to your attention. Uh, Mysterious Planet X may really lurk undiscovered in our solar system. Uh, In fact, uh, that's going to be the subject of the the conspiracy show next week when I speak with Bob Dunn, uh, who has taken some pretty interesting video footage with his smartphone of a, a strange celestial object that can be seen that can be seen using a certain film filter or can be used uh, sorry he's what he's done is he's taken negative film a type of negative film and he's placed it over the uh, the lens of his 3G uh, smartphone which allows him to shoot uh, or video directly into the sun and in the upper left hand portion of the sun bob says that rather large speck, is a brown dwarf. And it's dragging an entire solar system along behind it. And it's headed our way. Something wicked this way comes. Anyway, as always, we remind you to uh, look to the heavens and keep watching the sky. Uh, Ilana Freeland, who's uh, supposed to join us here momentarily, if we can connect with her, uh, she's constantly watching the sky, but she's tracking something a little closer to home, not Planet X, uh, but chemtrails. Those strange, persistent contrails that come out of the uh, the tail end of uh, a jet airliner. You've seen those strange crisscrossing patterns, which uh, will turn a beautiful blue sky gray suddenly. And Alana uh, believes that these uh, chemtrails are, um, well, they're ionospheric heaters, like the high-frequency active auroral research project in Alaska and elsewhere. And they're servicing, they're part of this full-spectrum dominance. This revolution in military affairs, she says, needs an atmospheric medium to assure wireless access to the bodies and brains of everyone on Earth, from heat-seeking missiles to a form of mind control. And how did these new technologies come about? The recent release of various... NSA records have reminded us that eyes in the sky are tracking us as supercomputers record the phone calls, emails, internet posts, even the brain frequencies of millions. Ilana sifts through the confusion surrounding chemtrails versus contrails and how extreme weather is being geoengineered to enrich disaster capitalists and intimidate nations. A deconstruction of Bernard J. Eastland's harp pattern points to other covert agendas such as a global smart grid infrastructure that enables access to every body and brain on Earth, a future that erases lines between human and machine, and nanobiological hybrids that infest and harm human bodies. She says it's real. It's happening. Now, Ilana will be uh, making her way to Toronto 
in the middle of next month, April 18th, I believe. She's coming to uh, the University of Toronto to speak about uh, chemtrails, HARP. Uh, and uh, this is being uh, organized by our good friends uh, Patrick White and um, uh, Kadena uh, from Conspiracy Culture. So if you want more information on Ilana's upcoming event, April 18th at the University of Toronto, just log on to uh, Conspiracy Culture. Dot com. Now, Tim in the other uh, booth is trying desperately to reach Ilana, but uh, she is not picking up. So, uh, Albert, if you could perhaps uh, email her or just let her know, her phone is ringing. Now, in the meantime, this is live radio, folks. These things happen. Sometimes our guests are not where they're supposed to be. So, what we will do is uh, we'll open up the phone lines, and uh, we can we can do some... Uh, Open lines, ask me anything, AMAs as the kids call it. Now recently, if you were listening to the program, we had a Toronto constitutional lawyer on the air, Rocco Galati, uh, talking about his court battle at the federal court level, alleging a conspiracy uh, between the federal finance minister, the IMF, the Bank of Canada, uh, and others. Uh, that we are essentially being enslaved because the Bank of Canada, the Bank of Canada Act, is being ignored unconstitutionally. The Bank of Canada, as it was intended by Prime Minister Mackenzie King back in 1938, it was nationalized and it's there for us. We own the bank. It's a public central bank, which means all levels of government can go to the Bank of Canada and borrow money interest-free. Think about that for a moment. Think about that for a moment. Moment. The Bank of Canada is there for us. We can go there and borrow money. When I say us, the the, uh, the provincial government, the federal government, the municipal government, borrow money interest-free instead of borrowing from domestic private banks, international lenders. This past year, we we, we paid twenty-eight billion dollars in interest. $28 billion, that's with a B, in interest payments at the federal level to service our $600 billion plus debt. Think what we could do with $28 billion. We could build roads. We could build hospitals. We could dig subway tunnels, something we are in desperate need of here in the city of Toronto. But we can't seem to get the necessary funds from the provincial government. They're broke. We're not getting secured funding from the federal government because that money is out the window. It's gone. We could borrow up to, I believe uh, Mr. Galati said, one quarter of our federal budget, for example, from the Bank of Canada interest-free, which would be $70 billion. What do you make of Mr. Galati's case? Let's open up the phone lines and discuss at 416-360-0740, 416-360-0740. 0740. While we await the arrival of Ilana Freeland, while we're waiting for Ilana Freeland uh, to check in, we have um, that out there for you, the Bank of Canada. But it's open lines. I'll throw that log on the fire. Anything else you'd like to discuss, then by all means. If you want to talk about chemtrails, have you seen them? What do you think they are? Who's responsible? Let's uh, begin with our good friend, Dr. Douglas James Cottrell, Canada's Edgar Casey. Hello, Douglas. How are you? Hey Richard, tonight I was listening to the show and um, you asked me to call, asked everybody to call in, so I thought I'd pick up the cell and give you a dingle here. I appreciate it, thank you. What's on your mind tonight, Douglas? Well, um, I was listening to this. Uh, what you just said about these alien abductions in the UK—that was amazing. Oh, the West Midlands uh, uh, Police, yes, they've uh, released these documents, and over the last four years, uh, what did I say? They had how many? Uh, Twenty-three, twenty-three alien-related reports. And uh, some of them are, uh, the majority of them are sort of, you know, run-of-the-mill, lights in the sky. But uh, three of the calls were people seeking police assistance because they alleged extraterrestrials were trying to abduct them. Two others were saying they were attacked by aliens or they were reporting an alien home invasion. Absolutely amazing. I, I was wondering, I wonder what the fingerprint uh, print team would be doing around the house. You know, what kind of fingerprints they'd be getting. Exactly, yes. Aliens coming in. Yes, su- dusting for suction cup prints or the like. Something like that. Uh, my encounter was uh, seeing those uh, four orange uh, lights uh, from the brow in Hamilton, Ontario, uh, which I thought were 
uh, very odd taking off from the middle, uh, looking down into the middle of Hamilton, where uh, I'm located at the Mini Mansion Spiritual Center, um, seeing these lights come out one at a time and then kind of pairing up uh, into a military-style formation, and then uh, two planes or two, uh, two of these lights like planes veering off, one to the left and one to the right. Right. Uh, and I think when I was on the show some your show some time ago, some people called up and said it really is on YouTube, et cetera. And, uh, you know, I, that was the first time I've ever seen an encounter like that. And I thought, you know, there's more and more of these, uh, uh, these, these um, bold uh, appearances of aliens. And I'm wondering if that's going to happen here in Canada. You know, faraway places like the U.K., well, okay, but bring it close to home. And uh, they really are here, I think, uh, with whatever that was that I saw. And it was accompanied by my friend who was an air traffic controller. And uh, she had never seen such a thing other than in, in, the, uh, in the military. And there were about six or seven other people with me. Well, perhaps so, uh, this will inspire someone to um, uh, to launch a, a FOIA request with police departments uh, here and around uh, the Toronto area or across Canada. Uh, well, it would be interesting to see what they would uncover. Let me – I've got about a minute before the break, and maybe okay. I'll get you to hold on, Douglas, because what I'd like to ask you I, – I, I mentioned earlier I had this conversation with uh, a listener, Bob Dunn from Pittsburgh, who's uh, taken some footage of the uh, the sun, and he's put a film filter across his uh, his 3G smartphone. So he's allowed, he's able to shoot directly into the sun, and uh, we're going to be posting that video up on the uh, the website soon. But he says that this it's a fairly large speck in the upper left hand portion of the sun. He believes that's uh, a brown dwarf, a brown dwarf star, uh, dragging with it essentially uh, a bunch of planets and some other galactic debris, if you will, and it's heading this way. Sometimes we refer to that as Planet X. But um, I'm going to get you to put on your remote viewer hat if I could and, and, and get you to give me your impressions about what that might be coming this way, if anything. Oh, okay, I'll be right here. Canada's Edgar Casey, Dr. Douglas James Cottrell with us here on The Conspiracy Show. Open lines until the arrival of Ilana Freeland to talk chemtrails. Back with more. Stay with us. Exploring theories, uncovering facts, and offering a different view of the universe. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. All right, we are back with uh, Canada's Edgar Casey, the man with x-ray eyes, Dr. Douglas James Cottrell, who incidentally, of course, will be uh, one of our speakers at my upcoming live stage event, Follow the Truth 2, happening at the Regent Theatre in Oshawa, and uh, he'll be uh, conducting a remote viewing experiment live on stage. Now, Douglas, I asked you about uh, Planet X, Nibiru. Uh, some say heading this way, and uh, Bob Dunn, will be with me next week, uh, believes that's what he's captured on uh, on video on his smartphone, this, mm-hmm. this uh, well, interesting I'd like, artifact. I'd be very, very interested to listen to that show. There's been a lot of interest about uh, Planet X and uh, this this disturbance in our universe or solar system. And, uh, you know, from my glimpse, uh, as, you, as you've done very well on my radio show, too, with your uh, clairvoyance or remote viewing, uh, when you were looking at that object on my desk and came up with the color and the size and the shape, uh, it's, it's a matter of seeing, uh, you know, impartial, uh, sorry, in a partial way, uh, what's out there. And what I'm looking at tonight when you asked me was, uh, large slabs of, uh, I say slabs, it looks like a rock or it looks like a, um, like something at a shelf had broken off and it's floating as if it would be a huge, uh, iceberg, so to speak that would look like a battleship uh, to give you some you know, parameters as to what I'm looking at with a lot of other uh, pieces of rock or meteors. I think this is a remnants of a planet that used to be in our solar system and the remnants of, uh, uh, of a planet that, that somehow uh, was uh, destroyed or broke up, the rings of Saturn being part of the debris and also the... Uh, the impacts on our moon representing uh, what had happened, you know, ages ago. And I think we're coming back in space to where the body of this uh, uh, debris is, is, is going to f- come by or come sort of close to the Earth or close to the solar system. I don't see it getting, you know, like a hair's breadth away. It'll be out there. We'll be able to observe it. But I'm looking at uh, just uh, a whole array of odd-shaped, uh, I can only say, uh, I'll call them rocks or 
or for lack of a better term, slabs that look like they're layered and they're just stuck together. But one is gigantic. And I think this is, uh, and I mean, I'm only seeing in part, there could be other things out there, uh, but I'm seeing this as, as debris or something that happened. And I'm, then I'm surmising that it came from our solar solar system or our, our part of the universe, and we're coming back around into it again. So uh, these then presumably would be things that are being tracked by NASA's, uh, I think it's called the Near Earth, Near Earth Objects Program. In other words, they're, they're, they're tracking... Uh, you know, all of these asteroids out there, um, and meteorites, some of which are, are, um, uh, you know, very, very tiny, some that are, you know, huge. Uh, and, and we've had a couple of not real close calls, but they've passed by, uh, not, not close enough to cause any, you know, cataclysmic event here, obviously, on Earth. But do you think, uh, I mean, how close do you see this, this object coming to us? Well, it's like, um, I'm looking, the, the last time we talked about this on the show, I saw uh, a, a comet or, or, or a meteor passing by in a 45 degree angle. And that happened the last, with the last close encounter. Uh, that was, yeah. Um, when, I looked, when I looked at the uh, NASA pictures, it was going by at a 45 degree angle, some, you know. That my, could have uh, been, um, uh, I think that was 2004 BL86. It was, um, that was back in, was that back in January? Yes. Right. We had, you and I had discussed it, and I had foreseen this in a, in a uh, vision or dream, and uh, we discussed it that way. And so, uh, just adds some validity that, that what I'm looking at is is real. I'm looking at that as if I would be looking on the other side of our solar system. I'm on this side of the sun, sort of looking past the sun, and it's away on the other side. So I think it's going to pass if our solar system is going anti-clockwise towards this mass it's going to pass by it'll be out there we'll be able to see a lot of it uh, see meaning through satellite uh, or telescope uh, uh, you know uh, imagery okay. uh, but it'll be far enough away that uh, it, it won't harm us but we're going to see some smaller debris the tail end of that we're going to have all kinds of light shows and meteor showers and uh, like every night if I can put it that way and I don't mean actually every night but you know, on a very, very frequent basis. This is what I'm looking at, like all these uh, golden, sparkly things coming into the atmosphere. And everybody's everybody's looking up and going, wow, it's like Fourth of July kind of thing or Canada Day or something like that. And uh, and it's so frequent that uh, we're going to not be too impressed. It'll be that often. Anyway, that's what I'm looking at now, and that's what I'm, I'm predicting uh, here yeah, well, that's sort of good. That's that's pretty good news, Douglas. You're telling us that this is not uh, Nibiru, Planet X, not a brown dwarf, nothing uh, cataclysmic coming our way. No, it's just a lot of debris, a lot of debris uh, floating through, and it's all like horizontal. It's uh, like, but but there's a piece that looks like a battleship, and it looks like uh, uh, igneous rock or or metamorphic rock where it's compressed together. It all looks black. Uh, like black and then sort of an iron color kind of thing. All right. You know, it's, it's almost like, uh, um, um, you know, I, uh, people who have dreams or visions would be able to see this. And by the way, I'll be in Toronto next weekend, uh, or sort of the 11th of April. I'm doing a dream seminar if people want to come by at the Holiday Inn and see me there. Give us the details. Uh, it's uh, the 11th of, of, uh, it's of April. And uh, we're at the Holiday Inn, and we're doing a whole day uh, seminar on things to go bump in the night, dreams, visions, and uh, sort of remote viewing while you sleep, if I can borrow your your, your phrase. Uh, so it's going to be a whole day on how to get in contact with the soul mind, the Akashic Records, and to explain visitations, uh, maybe a visit from a celestial being or an angel, and how to interpret your dreams and visions so you get to sort of listen in on the universal language, uh, which is pictures, uh, the language of the soul. And that's and uh, web, that's the, my, the Holiday Inn on Carlton Street in Toronto? That's right, 30 Carlton Street at Young, and it's where we've been going for 20 years now. And what time? Uh, this will be 10.30 in the morning till 5 p.m., and it's a whole day uh, jam-packed with uh, uh, information and also taking personal questions from everybody in the audience. And we'll be discussing, you know, things like, uh, what does it mean when you're, uh, you know, uh, walking up a set of stairs? That means success step by step. 
What does it mean when you're nude and running around in a park? It means that you're, the truth is being exposed about yourself or something. Uh, what does it mean if you're on a railroad track? It means you're on track. Whatever you're doing is going to be successful. So dream interpretation, that that is something that's going to be very popular, I'm sure. Uh, direct us to a website where they can get more information or order tickets. My whole name, DouglasJamesCottrell.com. And I think they can go to your website, too, and hook up with me, can they not? They can. We're going to be in Oshawa. Uh, I had some people from Europe uh, asking about this uh, just today, as a matter of fact. And you, might, you might see some people from Spain popping over. Excellent. Uh, there's a lot of interest in it. And I know the last time uh, you did your uh, event in Oshawa, it was very well received. You had some wonderful speakers. And this time, I think you're going to outdo yourself with some of the great people you have there. Well, I appreciate it, uh, uh, Doug, Douglas, and uh, thanks I, for I checking in. I hope I've been giving out the right website. It's uh, followthetruth.tv, right? That's the one, my friend. Thank okay. you so much. <laughs> Didn't want to send somebody someplace else. All right. And so by, that's... by the way, uh, just a, a closing comment. There's a lot of interest in Europe about chemtrails. Uh, serious, serious people are doing studies. They believe a lot of people are becoming ill or sick with the quote-unquote flu because of the amount of chemtrails or, or contrails out there. So there's a huge organization. They're trying to get the government to do something about it. All right, Douglas. Uh, Thank okay. you, my friend. Okay, pleasure talking with you. Dr. Douglas James Control, Canada's Edgar Casey. Uh, and speaking of uh, chemtrails, we are now joined by Ilana Freeland, uh, the author of Chemtrails, Harp, and the Full Spectrum Dominance of Planet Earth. Hello, Ilana. How are you? Hi, Richard. Can you hear me? I can't see you. I don't know if I'm supposed to see something. Uh, that's all right. We, um, I think we lost uh, the HOA connection, the Hangout on Earth, but we or the Hangout on uh, Air, rather. Uh, but we can hear you, hey. and we're glad that we finally connected uh, with you. Yes, I had a very strange little uh, drama here, but I'm I'm back. All right, we were, and we're glad to have you. Now, uh, let's just mention very quickly: you're coming to Toronto on April the 18th, University of Toronto. And our good friends yes. uh, Patrick and uh, Kadena at Conspiracy Culture are putting that together. And people can go to their website for more information, conspiracyculture.com. Again, it's Ilana Freeland, and it's Chemtrails, Harp, and the Full Spectrum Dominance of Planet Earth. Now, um, you've got, I mean, you've taken this whole chemtrail thing, I think, in a, a, a whole level further than, than most people. Most people, they look up in the sky, they see these strange, persistent contrails, uh, and, um, you know, think, okay, um, you know, what are they spraying, and, and does it have to do with, with uh, forestalling global warming? Um, is it population control? Are they just trying to control the weather, create droughts? I mean, yes, I guess that's all part of it, but you've taken it to a, a, fir- a, a different level. This has to do with, as you say, this full-spectrum dominance. It's about almost literally tapping into, you know, our cellular level, our DNA, to control us in this in this manner. Explain. Well, it, the term full-spectrum dominance, I borrowed that from the military, the U.S. military doctrine of full-spectrum dominance. And I see that term uh, two ways. One is... Certainly the uh, electromagnetic spectrum. They want full control of the electromagnetic spectrum. This will be remembered as the age of electromagnetics. And then there's the other level, full spectrum dominance, whereby all of life is now being militarized. And I think that's what you mean, that I've taken it to a whole other level. I'm bringing in the one thing that is uh, missing from all the dialogues that I hear of geoengineering, climate change, extreme weather, etc., there is never one mention of any military agendas having to do with any of this, which uh, should be raising red flags to everyone who's listening to the ongoing dialogue as we um, will be heading toward the final conference, the UN conference on climate change in Paris in December 2015. And um, I try in the book to present... Uh, the what leaped out at me as I researched the book 
the the seven agendas of uh, that are military in nature behind all of this, and I attempted to prove that. I think that Jerry Smith had written two books. He wrote a book on HARP, and he also wrote one on uh, weather warfare. Yes, he did. And I looked over Jerry's material, and yes, he certainly saw a connection between chemtrails and uh, HARP technology. I don't say HARP anymore uh, because that installation up in Gakona, Alaska, is changing hands right now and is being retooled. But um, what I do mean, and I'm continuing to use the term HARP, uh, is HARP technology, which is all the way around the world now. And I've already begun the next book, which will be on the space fence. And the space fence is actually um, the uh, culmination of the old uh, FDI program under Reagan and Cheney, uh, that would be, uh, and, and George H.W. Bush, that would be the, uh, the, the uh, strategic defense initiative, or as we like to call it, the Star Wars right. uh, technology. Explain, so, how, explain how the uh, uh, yes. uh, chemtrails and the spraying of aluminum particulates and strontium and barium and so forth into the, uh, into the atmosphere, how that works in conjunction with harp-like technology uh, to sort of tap into our bodies and our brains. Well, go um, consider how the chemtrails are coming out, and uh, of course there are arguments about that. There, uh, Jim Lee at uh, ClimateViewer.com, he sees it that the JP8 fuel has additives in it now, and that what we're seeing are those additives. Uh, then there are the people who say it's just chemtrails coming out, different pipes, different different uh, different system on the jets. And then there are people like me uh, who believe it's probably both and instead of either or. And when this uh, this comes out of a jet, it is already loaded with nanoparticulates of various metals that are highly conductive and polymers, and piggybacked onto the polymers are a variety of biological experiments. And so when, um, when the, if we look at the weather alone, and I like to always think of California and how all of the moisture coming off the South Pacific is, uh, is being forced north offshore of California up to the jet stream at Vancouver Island, then the jet stream is loaded up with that moisture and that moisture is taken east and south. And in order to do that, you've got to have uh, lots of nanoparticulates of conductive metals uh, that you're, you're laying uh, along the coast, north-south, in order to make a, uh, a channel a tube going north and then you send that radio frequency along that and and that will send that weather system in that direction so if they and want a drought in one area they can they can do that if they want if they want uh, if they want uh, to you know a high pressure system somewhere else or rain somewhere else they can do it all they're controlling the weather we'll uh, take a time out Ilana we'll come back and continue to discuss the full dominance spectrum Chemtrails and Harp with Ilana Freeland, right here on The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Stay with us. The world is being pulled over your eyes. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM 740. To reach Richard, call 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Ilana Freeland is here, sifting through the confusion uh, surrounding chemtrails versus contrails and how extreme weather is being geo-engineered to enrich disaster capitalists and intimidate nations. 
and uh, she will be uh, here in Toronto, University of Toronto, on Saturday, April the 18th. And for more information, visit conspiracyculture.com. Now, this idea of geoengineering, and, and scientists have... It's, they're sort of setting us up, uh, you know, they're, they're acclimatizing us to this idea. I, I, I mean, I, I believe that it's already underway, but they're saying, well, maybe at some time in the future we're going to need to geoengineer in order to forestall global warming. Do you then believe, Ilana, that, uh, and I, I believe this, that, that the whole climate change or the global warming uh, idea was created uh, maybe through the Club of Rome or something like that in order to offer the cure, which is this geoengineering? Well, I think you're right that it's already begun. We've been, we're 15 years now into what used to be called Project Cloverleaf. And um, I think that the problem I foresee uh, is that these, as you notice, they've really increased the pace of so-called debate in, uh, in the mainstream media. Uh, but there is really uh, only two positions. One, either you're a nutcase and you don't think there is any climate change, or uh, you think that we have to do something drastic in order to uh, help uh, our atmosphere out at the same time that we're, we're reaching deep into our pockets to pay carbon taxes. And um, this either or is, as you know, the Hegelian dialect. I think it's a really good way to look at if you can control uh, the dialogue, uh, you can control the outcome. Create the so disease in order to offer what the What we're heading toward is the Trojan horse. Uh, I, I hate to overuse that term, but I love it. Uh, the Trojan horse of climate change. Uh, be, it'll be wheeled through the gates of civilization as the globalists take command in a world government, in a more direct world governance way, a more overt world governance way, uh, through uh, uh, blackmailing and muscling nations regarding their guilt over their climate, and they can then send uh, this, you know, this covert uh, control over the weather. They can then send weather uh, to anyone who's not obeying the the edicts being passed down from the Council on Foreign Relations and the Bilderbergs and all, et cetera. So I see this as uh, the arrival uh, at what they have been heading toward. I think this whole 15 years, and this is all conjecture based on uh, my research and thinking, I think that this whole 15 years has been getting it all set up getting it uh getting the glitches worked out sometimes we saw weather that went too far sometimes uh, we saw um illness in populations going too far at the beginning uh when they started doing the chemtrails so they have uh they've tweaked this and and tweaked that and had enough experiments in in the weather engineering as well as the biologicals as well as electromagnetic uh, it, it, uh, experiments that they now feel confident that they can go forward and uh, and take charge in a more overt, uh, out in your face way, and and that's how I see what's coming up. I mean, there's a conference going on every month. So there was one in San Jose uh, several weeks ago. Recently, it was at Cambridge University in in the UK. So uh, one after another, boom, boom, boom. And meanwhile, the scientists who speak up are being marginalized. They're being ridiculed. And, uh, of course, the chemtrails movement, which is really the only public outcry going on, is ridiculed. And the irony, Richard, is that that term chemtrails is straight from the U.S. Air Force Academy. I mean, that's a military term that they had, but they've made it into a joke and a conspiracy theory. All I have to do is say those two words, uh, you know, uh, say chemtrails here where I live, and people all smirk at me. So uh, it, it's been very successful, the control of the public debate and the ridiculing of those who are actually the, uh, the Cassandras of the day speaking out. They know what's coming. Uh, and will it be the same geoengineering program? No, I think it will be much more. But uh, at least this is in place, and they can go from here. Yeah, now, you're saying that this uh, con- weather control, weather warfare, being used to intimidate nations. So give me a for instance. Let's say 
uh, that a um, you know a hurricane. Uh, and we are seeing, we have in the past recently, in the recent past, seen hurricanes in places where we normally don't get hurricanes, which to me is a signal that there's something being manufactured. But, but, mm-hmm. are these, tornadoes. Right. Yeah. But are these countries, are these nation states launching, unleashing these weather systems against one another, whether it's a drought, whether it's a wildfire, whether it's, I mean, is that how it's being waged, war now? Well, I think there is weather warfare going on, but I don't think uh, everyone who can do it is a participant. I think some people are more sane, more uh, more civilized than the American military. Um, I, right away, I think of Iran. Uh, Iran is being pressured with drought. And, um, of course, they are involved in, uh, in trying to uh, work with ionizing uh, rain, in, in their drought-infested lands, and it's forcing a, a, that new technology to come. I mean, it used to be silver nitrate. Now it's a, an ionizing process that can be done. But again, you need a weather system rolling in to make it work for you. And if, if the powers that be are keeping that weather system from coming to your nation, then uh, it, it could be that you're going to be hard-pressed to stand up and be counted against uh, the, this, this latest technology of uh, empirism is how I see it. So, uh, you know, take Russia, for example. Russia has the same technology, the, the sophisticated technology, uh, and yet Russia is choosing to go about this in a different way. All right, Alana, I've got to uh, jump in here. We'll take a timeout, come back, and continue to discuss chemtrails, harp, and the full-spectrum dominance with Ilana Freeland right here on The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. Where there's smoke, there's The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Ilana Freeland stays with us and uh, received this email from Ryan, and he doesn't want his last name used. Uh, But Ilana, he's wondering uh, about chemtrail webs that fall from the sky. Are you familiar with chemtrail webs? Oh, yes, yes, um, and those are, in general, I would say those are polymers, and some of them are melting and might end up being all over a bush or a tree, and those polymers are the carriers of, of the fibers that are Morgellons, and Clifford Carnicum, an independent scientist, has renamed that in lieu of the fact that the CDC and the EPA refused to uh, duplicate his research, has renamed the Morgellons, which is inappropriately named, the cross-domain bacteria, meaning that the little critter that uh, rides in on the fibers that have a polymer shell uh, and that we then inhale and ingest through GMO foods, of the water in our environment, the air that we're breathing, that uh, these are uh, uh, they're going into our bodies and uh, and inside of them is uh, the bacteria that uh, goes through all three domains of nature. Um, it's completely genetically engineered. So when you see the polymers coming down, um, they're just they're just floating down. And uh, please do not touch them without gloves on, uh, because some of them, depending on what the chemical composition is, it could be very harmful. And Morgellons uh, is uh, and people people seem to have these. They almost look like little tiny. They're, they're fibrils or little wires. It looks like coming out of their skin. Yes, that's that's exactly the polymer uh, cover covering. The, it's like a chitin covering uh, inside our four other parts. One of which is uh, the reproductive part, and they also have uh, nanosensors and nan- and microprocessors in them, uh, and they communicate with each other once they're uh, they've uh, been lodged in the body. Uh, it's like we're being tagged uh, like it's like we're being tagged like cattle. Yes, uh, they can be, they communicate with each other via those microprocessors. The sensors that are collecting data can be remotely uh, connected with, and the data in them can go to computers, laptops uh, in Denver, etc. I mean, it's a brave new world. 
And, um, I mean, this might be horrendous and scary and all of that, but, um, you know, we've lived with parasites and then symbiotic relationships for many uh, thousands of years as uh, living in mammalian bodies. So, I, I you know, for me, uh, I know I have them. Uh, I've seen them under a microscope eating the uh, iron out of my erythrocytes. Do we all have and more gallons have- then, Ilana? Is that the... the- well, we all do, Richard. We've all ingested these these creatures, and um, <clears throat> only some people develop lesions, and some don't. And as far as why, uh, why don't I have the lesions? Well, I mean, I have a few theories, but I don't really know. I mean, this is where each of us is becoming a scientist, and I did want to address that. I want to say to people, uh, especially people thinking of coming to the talk or not, that we are on our own now because the scientists who know about this technology on, on all sides of it, not just the biologicals, um, they are either threatened, their families are threatened, or they have signed confidentiality agreements. And uh, we cannot wait for them to speak out because they are in fear. So I I find um, if I can just do the clear research and uh, and in, you know dispassionately, and not allow the fear to take hold, uh, I you can learn a lot about this, and therefore you are better defended. I don't see that uh, hiding our heads in the sand like a uh, ostrich will really help at all. Uh, we need to be bolder and braver in this amazing era of uh, we're we're going all the way from a missile defense system to a space fence uh, system. I mean, this is a space age we're living in, and it also has transhumanist aspects to it. And, of course, that's what they're experimenting on us uh, for, is for the future, so that they know more. And they're very interested in how uh, certain people, I mean, if you go to the doctor, They'll send you down the hall uh, and you tell them about the lesions and about these little wiry things sticking their heads out. And they have black, red, and blue heads, each one having a different function, each one genetically engineered for a different function. They'll send you down the hall without having taken a sample at all to the psychiatric ward. And you'll be, um, it'll go on your record that you have delusional parasitosis. I mean, this is a very contrived, and, and people say, oh, how could they keep this secret? Well, the best way to keep a secret is out in the open uh, because people are so brain dead now from their TVs and their iPhones and their texting and, uh, and the bad food they've been eating for 50 years. So, you know, th- there's very little apology and very little need to be covert anymore. I, I think we're going to see the day when it's all admitted, but in a language that you're going to have to learn how to read. It's not going to be exactly as I'm saying it. Let me go uh, back so to, I, to, sorry, excuse me, Alan. I want to go back to Ryan's email here because he may, makes a very good point. Uh, in order, yeah. you know, maybe to wake people up if we were to present them with evidence this way. Uh, he writes, someone needs to create a wide-angle, time-lapse video of a clear blue sky and then chemtrails being sprayed, and then show them clearly seeding, creating clouds that spread out and fill the sky. He says that's the proof we need. Has anyone ever uh, put together a video like that? Absolutely. Oh, In have. fact, I recommend that people uh, ask to join. It's a private group, a Facebook group that I've formed around my book. Just ask to join, and it's called Ilana Freeland, Chemtrails, Harp, and the Full Spectrum. And I have I have amazing people sending in videos. I mean, there are thousands of people who now are awake, and they are at this point they're going through their different phases. Their their phases are not in lockstep with mine. They're looking at the sky and they're studying the sky and they've got their cameras out and they are going to it. And they send me a lot. And there are a lot of excellent sites, not just mine. But I, I really, uh, I've seen that. I've seen that video several times. And it's, it's like, uh, Ryan, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. And in that case, you can show people these things. But in a way, it's so unreal to them because it's on a cosmic scale. 
It's not like the guy next door is bothering you. This is in the sky. This is going on. They're redefining clouds. They're, they're putting things in kids' textbooks now. They're, they're naming new clouds. I mean, my favorite is Cirrus Contralis. Uh, so, you know, everything is being uh, uh, re-engineered for our perception. This is what Brzezinski meant by perception management. We are being managed. You mentioned the, the clouds. Uh, you mentioned the clouds. And, and you I, realize what's going on. You, you mentioned the clouds, and I remember as a kid seeing the, you know, those huge cumulus uh, uh, clouds that would, that would come before a major thunderstorm. I, don't, I, rarely, yeah. don't, I rarely see those anymore. They don't, they're not these natural-looking, puffy you know, clouds. It's just that constant gray... Haze. Well, I'm I'm out here in the Pacific Northwest, and I'm seeing something different from what you're seeing because I'm living on the West Coast where the weather is being made by the U.S. Navy, and we call it the Pineapple Express, uh, and it's uh, South Pacific moisture uh, taken hold of via radio frequency radar. SBX, there are all sorts of instruments, uh, not counting, uh, I, I don't even need to talk about the HARP Gakona installation, don't need that now for this. And that weather, I see cumulus, but it's coming in from the west, and then I see a hazy, uh, very thin cloud, uh, white, gray, various layers. You're looking from the bottom at about at least six or seven layers that have been laid above your head. And um, I can tell now, after looking, 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 uh, at the, I can tell the difference between natural cloud structures, of which there are very few, and the artificial cloud structures. Of what type of, what are... type of planes are spraying? They used to say they were the Hercules transport planes. What, what, what planes are responsible for the spraying? It doesn't, well, it doesn't really matter anymore because all of them are being used. The commercial airlines, they're all making, they're picking up a few extra bucks by having it. They have drones up there that are laying, laying the trails. Used to be C-130s, you know, when Evergreen Airlines was still going, which is a CIA outfit. That's closed down now. I mean, they're, they're moving toward a different system now whereby you will not be able to see those trails much longer. They will be invisible to the eye down it's, here. It's an additive in the fuel. they will form clouds. Where are, the, where are the whistleblowers? Where are the, 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 the people that are you know, responsible? Okay, so let's say the, you know, it's not a case of loading these big drums of this concoction onto the back of a Hercules transport plane. You know, that we would know. We could track that. Uh, someone would, could, could you know, be a whistleblower and say, I, I did that. Uh, but somebody somewhere, you would think, uh, would be willing to, to speak out about this. Their conscience would, would um, you know, mitigate against doing this any longer. Where are the whistleblowers? Well, I think it's conscience versus fear. I remember when Sylvain Henry in Ottawa uh, had um, seven pilots, he told me, who were willing to come forward and speak. But um, I have not heard a word. So I assume uh, it's their families. Uh, it's their career. I, I don't know. I know um, William Binney came forward a while back. And, you know, now and then uh, people come forward. But uh, that's what I'm saying to people. We cannot wait for that. We need to study. We need to understand our condition so that we can prepare our children and our grandchildren because this is not going to go away right away. I mean, everyone who comes to my site, that's, of course, the first thing on their mind. How do we stop this? When can we stop this? We've got to stop this. Well, I'm certainly in agreement. I mean, um, Alexandra uh, Hunter is now uh, uh, looking into the legal aspects in her state of Arizona. We just heard that in Rhode Island, a lawsuit has been brought against the federal government by a, a town in, in Rhode Island uh, regarding uh, under the pollution clause. The, uh, and and I, I mean, anyone who has a good idea, this is a time to use it 
because we are we are busy learning our condition and taking care of our immune system so that we don't grow ill so that you know if indeed it has to do with the lesions so that we don't get so sick with morgellons and meanwhile uh, how can we stop this now? Is is it only going to be that we're going to have to learn to live with this? I really don't know the answer to that question, but I do know that I will not stop working on this. I will keep going because, uh, to me, I'm familiar with all the issues that are going on, and there are some very important ones, but the air we breathe and the water we drink and the soil that is being so alkalinized that trees are dying and plants will not grow. We really need to look at this, this chemical biological warfare that is raining down on us from the sky. All right, Elena, I, I got to say this new. I gotta, I'm, it isn't. I'm, I'm out of time, unfortunately, but uh, uh, people can read the book. It's Chemtrails, Harp, and the Full Spectrum Dominance of Planet Earth. And, of course, you're coming to the University of Toronto Friday or Saturday, Saturday, April the 18th. For more information, conspiracyculture.com. Thanks, Ilana. Thanks, Richard, for having me. My pleasure. My thanks to Tim Spreen, Albert Vinzel, and our new intern, Eric Ames. Back next week with a brand-new show, including... Planet X. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed, nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Good night.